Welcome to Thoughts on the Market. I'm Andrew Sheets, Chief Cross Asset Strategist for Morgan Stanley. Along with my colleagues bringing you a variety of perspectives, I'll be talking about trends across the global investment landscape and how we put those ideas together. It's Friday, May 7th at 2 p.m. in London. This morning, the Bureau of Labor Statistics estimated that the United States added about 260,000 jobs in the month of April. That was much lower than expected, but also offers a good opportunity to talk about just how important labor market data is in the current environment. The first point I want to address is that while the state of the jobs market is probably the single most widely followed piece of economic data, stock markets and credit markets often move well ahead of it. Because hiring and firing has financial and emotional cost, it's just often not the first thing businesses do in response to changing economic conditions. And that means that this data can tend to lag. In 2009 and again last year, stock markets started to recover even as job losses continued to mount, while markets peaked in 2000 and 2007 even as new jobs were still being created. Second, the labor market continues to be heavily distorted as businesses and workers adjust to reopening. Job losses have been heavily concentrated in COVID-19-impacted sectors, things like restaurants, hotels, and so forth, and this brings complications. Many businesses haven't fully reopened or may try to see how long they can operate with fewer staff. Workers in these fields may use the improving economy to switch sectors, and some workers may have dropped out of the labor force entirely to look after a family member, provide childcare, or for a number of other reasons. This is another way of saying that the unemployment rate doesn't tell the full story, with ongoing disruptions more significant than the headline rate might otherwise suggest. The Federal Reserve is very focused on this idea, and it's one reason why the Fed thinks that very low interest rates are still appropriate even as the economy improves. Per their view, there are still more workers who can be brought into the labor market, and the best way to achieve that is by continuing to provide significant policy accommodation. That means that this debate might be one of the most important questions facing markets over the summer. Will the economy and labor markets continue to improve? If they do, will that lead to higher inflation? And at what point do either better economic data or higher market valuations lead the Federal Reserve to reassess if it's still comfortable keeping interest rates at historically low levels? One outcome could be a steeper yield curve. Our economists believe that the Fed will maintain its current policy and not raise interest rates until 2023. In turn, the market may move to assume that the central bank will need to compensate for that patience by increasing interest rates more at some point further down the line. Morgan Stanley's interest rate strategists think that this will steepen the yield curve, as yields on U.S. 30-year treasuries will rise more than those for five-year bonds. Finally, I'd note that this debate looks somewhat different in Europe. Cost and inflationary pressure are less acute there, as the economic recovery is still several months behind the United States. While that brings its own complications, it provides the European Central Bank with a powerful argument and quite a bit of leeway to keep the accommodation flowing. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to Thoughts of the Market on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. The preceding content is informational only and based on information available when created. It is not an offer or a solicitation, nor is it tax or legal advice. It does not consider your financial circumstances and objectives and may not be suitable for you. 